Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams in the house at Big Ben Pump, Elizabeth, uh, one of our favorite stops, um, always talking Charlotte FC. Danny Brams, what are you drinking today? What's up, John? Pleased to be here with you, and I'm uh, drinking a Queen's Crusher. Like, I always love to throw down when we're at Big Ben's. It's kind of become... We thought we were going to be doing a lot of these episodes of Hooligans Elizabeth, and we ended up oh, doing more at Big Ben's, you know? You're going to throw shade already? <laughs> well, let's not dwell on the negative. Like I said, I'm drinking a Queen's Crusher, which is on tap here at uh, Big Ben Pub Elizabeth, and you should come back up and get one. Back in the hills one. of Asheville. Exactly. Exactly. I'm right I'm right back in Asheville. What are you drinking, John? A, a, a debut beer for the pot, I believe. Uh, a debut Carlsberg. <laughs> the lager. Yes. A, a classic uh, European lager. Uh, you, you've heard me have Stella on the show before. But it's uh, Carlsberg tonight on a huge soccer match. Thursday, international games left and right. World Cup qualifying happened this afternoon. CONCACAF qualifying tonight. It's just an insane economy bowl as well yep. in South America. International matches all over the Western Hemisphere, all over the world tonight. Right. It's, it's an exciting time for soccer. And we've got a Charlotte FC match on Saturday. That That's one of the coolest things that the MLS is going to always sneak in a few games even during the international break and we're lucky enough to get a Charlotte game so that's pretty sweet. Uh, we're recording this a couple hours before the U.S. men kick off against Mexico so we're not going to dwell on that too much. We will touch a little bit on some of the international happenings later but first we got uh, a more local agenda. We do and that is someone's always on rewatch duty. And this week it was me. It was and that, we just want to get into quick takeaways. You know you hear us uh, talk about the match um, our immediate reaction, usually a day or two after the game, this Saturday our plan is to get together after the match right? and, and have a podcast directly after, which we haven't done yet. But That'll we try, be the first. But we, what we try to do on our second episode each week is go through the film and have some quick takeaways from the right. tape. Because we watch the games live in the stands so far and, you know, yeah. after a few, uh, a pint or seven, let's just put it that way. So <laughs> the rewatch is a little bit more sober, accounting from a uh, bird's eye view, a TV view of, of what happened. And like, this week, like you said, the duty fell to me and uh, I really enjoyed my rewatch. And the overall impression that I got from watching the game on replay on TV was that very similar to what I was feeling on Saturday night at the game, which was that we comprehensively beat the crap out of New England. You know, we, we came in ready. We were way more prepared for that match than them, and it showed in person, and it showed all through the screen as well. Um, you know, if there were a couple of things that I thought maybe stuck out more on video, it was the play of Daniel Rios and Ben Bender. I didn't realize how much... We could have had five, four or five goals, I feel like, in the first half. There was a few plays where... Bender was making some great runs, and Rios was still kind of caught up in gathering his hold-up play together and, and th you know, had his head down, not really looking for these runs. I hope they broke that down on film because I, we're going to get into where who we expect to play, and I, spoiler I, alert, it is Rios. So His strength is a target man, and his strength is hold-up play. Right. He's not like a creative Harry Kane-like striker. Right. But so he's, you might be expecting a little too much. But he's holding it up just a little too much is what I'm saying. Okay. I, I saw plays where the it's ball, the ball would come to him, and he would take a touch or two, and then all of a sudden Bender's running in behind two guys, and the ball doesn't come to him. And I don't think... I think we missed opportunities, that's all. And I, I, I just want to see a little bit more chemistry there, that's all. That was the the lone the major negative that that strung out uh, popped out I should say as I rewatched. It, did, it strung you out. Yeah, it strung yeah. me out for sure. 
you know, you mentioned on our episode earlier this week about how Legent was almost invisible, and we love to dump on him. He did stand out in a couple moments on TV because he fired off some shots from open positions that had no chance of ever scoring. He he, he fired them into Rosie, like they say. So, you know, Legette, Rios and Legette were both worse than I realized probably on the rewatch. And the other thing that really was cool was our guy, your guy, your boy, Adam Armour. The, the one you love has a special place in your heart. You mentioned he came He's in. He's a workhorse. Yeah, dude. you mentioned he came in and was kind of doing just defensive duties in this in yeah. this spot right, since we were holding the lead. But the yellow card that he dished out it, with about three or four minutes left on the clock to Carlos Heel is worth mention because it was completely, you know, there was really no reason for it. Right. Uh, New England wasn't really threatening. It was just Heel had the ball in possession. And Armour just took him down, just clipped him, just took him down and just kind of showed him who's boss. And I, I don't really want to, val- you know, cheer on anything that could be considered dirty but this just is a nice hard professional foul as they say yeah, and that's I, there's nothing like a yellow for a professional foul right time wasting foul make heel feel it a little bit more and uh, we we gave, a, we gave Franco props right exactly for the second, right right for, and, for some time wasting with the yellow so and, different yellows for both guys right. young guys who know how to work the system at the end of the match when you're up two goals i like that thinking if anybody comes into our guys and starts like fouling Carroll or Bender really hard, you know I'm going to be pissed. But I love to see our guys fouling the other the opponents hard, and, and he'll deserve it. He was uncomfortable and miserable all night, and he's been pretty miserable all season after an MVP campaign last year. So it's been uh, it was it was fun to watch, and that, that's what I took from the rewatch was just. We were just as good as I thought as a team and maybe even a little bit harder, harder-edged. That's good to hear because I, I felt like it was an intense atmosphere. The team played with a chip on its shoulder, and it sounds like that's what you're saying that you saw on the rewatch, and I think we're going to see that on Saturday as well. 5 o'clock at Bank of America Stadium against FC Cincinnati. Cincinnati's on a two-game winning streak. Yeah, FCC, the, the goal, usually they're, the only thing they streak is winning wooden spoons for the worst record in the league, but this time they're on a two-game win streak. And in their short history, uh, three seasons, I think, for FC Cincinnati, they've in MLS, they've never had a three-game win streak. So we do not want to lose and become fall victim to the, the first ever three-game win streak in their club history. That would be horrible. And, and for what it's worth, the, the first guarantee on this show? Yeah, the blood was, bank guarantee yeah, was, was given. Yes, yeah, like before the season started, we were like, okay, when is Charlotte FC going to win a game? Like we went and we said they're going to finish 10th on the table, which is out of 13 teams yep. in, the, in the East. And we were like, okay, maybe they'll finish 10th, not make the playoffs. And if they finished better than 10th, we would be happy. And then early on, Rams goes, well, I guarantee a win against FC Cincinnati. Right. From the very beginning, I've been hyping this up, and it's As finally here. And it yeah. happened last Six week. weeks later. Yeah. Are you, so let's just start there. Well, here's the thing. So I don't want – I'm not going to say I'm walking this prediction back. I would, ne- I would never do that. But the uh, New England came to us in kind of a vulnerable place. You know, I'm not discounting anything we did we, to win that game. We went and took it. We got those three points. But – you know, they were traveling, they were playing extra competitions, they, they were coming from Mexico, playing at altitude, to Charlotte without going home first. So New England came to us in sort of a vulnerable, sort of wounded, very gettable type of situation, worked out in our favor. No one will disagree with you on that. Cincinnati is coming in way hotter and higher flying than I would have anticipated for them. This is a team, Cincinnati lost the first match of the season 5-0 to Austin and just looked horrible, like same old Cincinnati. But they've rallied back from that, and they actually have started to put together some pretty good performances. 
and now they're coming on a two-game win streak. They're actually kind of the hot team coming in. They got a young striker, a guy who kind of bombed out in Atlanta named Brandon Vasquez, who's now like the man of the hour in Cincinnati, scoring goals. He scored. I, goals. I think that he saw a, uh, he scored a brace in his last two matches. Yes. Yep. If I'm not mistaken. Yep. And both of his goals in the last game came on assists from uh, a guy, a winger they have named Ronald right. Matarita. And the good news is he's going to be out. He's a he's a Costa Rican international, so he won't be here. Okay. For okay. the match against Charlotte. So let's get into that. Uh, Alan Franco, he's out of this match. Right. Um, Christian we... McCoon, he's out of this match. Um, both playing on international duty. So Cincinnati's missing a player as well. We wanted to get into our uh, projected eleven. We wanted to get into what to expect at Bank of America Stadium, as far as okay, first match, seventy-four thousand. Second match, 30,000. Third match, 5 o'clock kick on a Saturday. Could we see another 30K? Lower bowl filled, supporters march in. I think we could see a party atmosphere. 5 o'clock's earlier than the, the kicks have been, so it's the first time we're going to be in there before 5 o'clock. Karol Swiderski, what's his status? Some interesting quotes from MAR today. And we're going to predict, finally, give our... I'm going to tell you whether I think... I, it's Charlotte can win. I'll tell you that they can now. If Swiderski doesn't start, though, right? then there might be issues. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams, at John Hayes on air, at Danny Brams on Twitter as well. Hit us up, leave us a rating, leave us a review, and share it with a friend. Yeah, just all we ask is if you like the show, share it with one friend. You know, I'm not asking you to go out there and become an evangelist for this show and spread it far and wide. Just share it with one friend, and, you know, we'll grow one by one, just like that. We, we're excited about it. So Charlotte FC heading for its potential second win in a row. We're going to discuss that next. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams, Big Ben Pub, and Elizabeth. At this point, this is the home of the pod. Uh, this it's the it is the home of the pod, yeah. And, and we're still gonna mix it around. We're still gonna go all over town, but what we should do is have people hit us up on Twitter and say, hey, that would be a good spot to record a show. Of course, yeah. This is where the supporters are. I Lenny Boy Brewing is a cool place to hang out and get a beer. Um, that would be a really cool spot to record the show. I know the Min City Soccer Show. Has, yep. has recorded there, uh, another pod on the Charlotte FC scene, which, by the way, guys do a good job. Right. There's there's a, quite a few pods out there for this team, which just is a reflective of the excitement that surrounds Charlotte soccer. We're trying to do our own thing here on the Charlotte Soccer Show, and we, we, don't, we just want to be your favorite. You know, we just want to be your favorite pod. So <laughs> you're more than welcome to listen to all the other ones, but just make sure that uh, yeah, the, the five-star ratings and the reviews come in strong for the Charlotte Soccer Show. All right, so... Uh, Saturday, it's the Mint Kit debut. Oh, finally. It's, it, the kit is finally going to make its debut. I The theme in the stadium, if they can use the light show that they've been using, if they can get like a dark with a green color to light up the stadium before the match, it, it's going to be, it could be epic. It could be insane. Only problem is, it's going to be daylight. And, right, yeah, yeah. And like when. I think post-match maybe is when the party's going to happen. Right. And Because I'm going to project a win. I'm gonna, I, I've felt good about it all week. It's just all about continuing this momentum. You said MLS is all about uh, home field advantage. Right. Home, it, home teams have and, a... And Charlotte's been home now for two weeks. Yep. 
and that really bodes well for them. Italy, about we have to, we're going to talk about MAR, of course, because we always talk about our manager on the pod, Miguel Angel, and we're going to give you our projected eleven, and then we'll get out of here. But first, I just have to like, it's, is it the biggest news in world soccer? Right. We we talked about how it's a big international day, and there was a shocking upset this morning. Italy out of the World Cup. Italy is out of their second, second straight World Cup. So that's eight years without <laughs> participation in the World Cup, which is insane to think about. Right, for a, a soccer insane, loving nation, former World Cup champions in the past. I mean, to, the thought of two straight World Cups without Italy is hard to fathom. But uh, that's you know, that's this new world soccer that we we li- the soccer world that we live in, and you know, North Macedonia can come up and it- eliminate the it- Italy. You know, who would have thought? FIFA ranked Italy the sixth best country in the world and North Macedonia as the 67th biggest club in the world. So That's Minnows, baby. Minnows are fighting. If you hear some certain fans say, oh, well, it's tough to qualify and make the World Cup. Listen, the U.S. was out last time, too. Yep. And the U.S. has a huge match tonight against Mexico at the Azteca, which is going to be an insane atmosphere. Do I expect them to win? No. But could they get a draw? Could they get a point? Sure. Why not? By the time people are listening to this, the U.S. match will have already happened, yes. so we can't really comment on it. I just needed it. to give my but, two cents. But we will still be in the qualifying window, and and regardless of what happens against Mexico, we still have some business to take care of, and I don't want to get any bad juju necessarily by dwelling on this Italian embarrassment, but I'm going to go ahead and risk it because I know there's a lot of... There's, a, there's certain fans in the Charlotte FC soccer base that are very into Italy and Serie A, and maybe maybe they care more about that than they care about Charlotte. Who knows? But uh, I know they're out there hurting tonight, and I just want to say uh, re-evaluate a few priorities, and everything's going to be all right. Yeah. I mean, because Charlotte FC is what we talk about on the pod. Right. And it's what means most to us. And that's why we're here on the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes. He's Danny Rams, at Danny Rams. Follow him on Twitter. Let's do the projected 11 in just a second but first I just wanted to comment on MAR some words that he had this week always um, a good topic our fiery leader uh, someone who the the fan base has absolutely fallen in love with the youngest manager in the MLS and just like if you study leadership and understand how a leader operates especially in a new venture what MAR is doing with Charlotte FC is one of the best leadership jobs I've ever seen like this club absolutely loves each other I don't know how he pulled it off, but they barely, I, I listened to Ben Bender on another podcast you can listen to, Crown Corner. Listen, I, th- there's enough time in people's days to listen to all these shows. Crown Corner with Will Pelagic and Jessica Sharman, um, uh, WFNZ, who called the matches, right? They had Ben Bender on the show, and he described Jealous. <laughs> right? He, the, we need the mind bender on the Charlotte Soccer Show. It'll happen. Yeah. By the way, he sounded like literally like a 12-year-old kid on that show. Um, he's not listening to the show, don't worry. Yet. <laughs> all right, so... We know Fuchs is listening. Yeah, we do know Fuchs is listening. Cheers to our boy. Cheers to our boy. Uh, team dad, Christian Fuchs. Uh, but anyway, Ben Bender was like... Described his conversation with Jordi Asabar about their connection uh, when he assisted him for the goal. And he was like, you're solo out there. Like, he described their conversation like it was a language barrier. Yeah. So these guys are getting along on the pitch, and they are not – they're learning how to speak one another's language 
literally. Right. And it, it's funny that you mentioned that, the language issue, because I love to listen to MAR's press conferences. And he d- does them about 50-50. If he gets a question in English, he'll answer in English. If he gets a question in Spanish, he'll answer in Spanish. Right. I'm not the great Spanish speaker. I, I have a few words here and there. I have, I have zero syntax or, or well, conjugation time in or anything. Texas did well for you. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, can, I can get by. I, I, but I just like to listen to Miguel answer in Spanish, even if I'm not fully understanding every word he's saying, because that tone reveals just how thoughtful he is. And you're, well, you're seeing a guy think his way through everything. He's not giving canned answers. He's not giving bullshit. He's listening to the questions that are being asked him, and he's trying to think about, okay, how can I give this an honest answer, which is just awesome. Whether it's English or Spanish, These are you got to watch these press conferences on the Charlotte FC app or go on the YouTube channel. Always great to, to listen to. You know, about 15 minutes, just hear everything he has to say. It, 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 there's nothing wrong with it. I've covered, as you have, some of the best coaches ever to do it. Nick Saban is at the top of that list. The way that he is able to communicate with his players, the way he's able to get his players buying into the program, MAR is, has the same thing happening for him. Yep, I'm like, seeing it. You can literally see it. And the greats, the, the ones who are special, there's a reason why he has this job. There's a reason why he's performing. Right, there's a reason why he's the, the youngest manager in MLS and he has full faith of, of David Tepper and Nick Kelly and Zoran Kretnik. Yeah, and has, has made an instant impact. So I do have to say one thing. You 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 mentioned Al Savar's assist to Bender, and yeah. that's the one thing I forgot to mention from the rewatch. I had said multiple times in our previous episode, "Oh, beautiful back heel assist." Oh, it wasn't Jordy, Jordy <laughs> with the back heel. It was so sick. I didn't correct you. Right, <laughs> I know. But the, I watched it closer. I saw some replays, and it was actually he just tried to cross it. And it was deflected by the defender, and luckily made its way to Bender. So. A li- I got to take a little bit away from Yordi, and I got to take a little bit away from myself as well on that one. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, I knew it wasn't a vacuum. I was like, you know what? It sounds I good. I appreciate you. I appreciate you protecting me on that uh, one. All right, so projected 11. Let's get to the projected 11. We talked about... We're missing some dudes. Yes, absolutely. We talked about Christian McCoon missing a match. It's going to be the first match Charlotte FC plays in MLS play without Christian he's McCoon. He's played every minute so far. He absolutely has. So he's out. Alan Franco as well. With Ecuador, he's out. So... Things are going to change. So let's start with formation. Does the formation shift? So I, I said before that I could see us going back to a back five to ho- sort of give Fuchs a little more cover and maybe because Cincy builds from the wings. With Matarita out for Cincy, they're a little less threatening from the wings, but they still have the two big center forwards that Cincy attacks with, Vasquez and another guy named Brenner who's from Brazil who hasn't really started much this year but is just kind of getting his legs under him. So I do see a potential for the back three. Long, long story short, yes, I do think the formation will change. I still think it'll go back to a back three with wing backs that, that rotate between offense, defense. So Guzman plays in the center. Guzman. With Fuchs and, with, and Walks. With Fuchs and with Walks replacing McCoon. Yep. Okay, yeah, so we agree yep. there. It's, it's, it, we kind of hit on this on the earlier pod this week, so we, we stayed there and we both have armor on the wing. I've got Jalen on the right wing and Armour on the left wing, yep. Although Armour's dealing with a back issue also. What, uh, we'll, we'll mention the big injury in a second, but Armour did show up on the questionable report with a back. So he, he's officially questionable for the match. That means maybe we'd see Gaines in that spot. I'm not 100% sure. I, we can't really trust Gaines to play defense at all, so I don't know who it'll be, but I, I, I'm going to pro- project Armour and hope his back is okay and, and then all is well. Ronnie bro. Ronnie bro. I'm not going to say he's implacable because I do think eventually he could be but displaced. With Franco out. But with no Franco, 
with no Franco, you basically got Bronny Bro, Alcivar, Ortiz, and Derek Jones as a, as a wild card to get in that mix for the midfield. But you have a different spot in mind for Ortiz, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. I think TT could play if Swiderski is out. He can play with Rios up top and in that same exact role, like a finisher goal scorer role. And you can build the same four four two behind if you wanted to. Right, and he's a little. You could do that, and he, you know, TT's not as tall as Carroll. <laughs> you know, he's not yeah. exactly the same player. You know, we we should let the cat out of the bag that Carroll is dealing with a tight a knee issue, knee pain. He mentioned we don't really know the details. Well, yeah, well, the details. A muscular today, injury was described as as well. The details today were that he asked to come out of the match on Saturday. He was not taken off the field as a substitution. He was taken off of the field as an injury. During that spot when he was getting treatment that we mentioned before his long walk around, which was great, but not great that he had to ask for a substitution. Either way, so we've got our back. We've got we definitely have three guys in, and we have five guys in with Armour and Lindsay. We've got Bronny Bro in. I think it'll be Bronny Bro. I think it. I would like to see Jones. I'd like to see Jones from the starting. We agree there. Jones is in. If if you believe in like hints or or little things, they sent they sent Derek Jones to the press conference uh, this week. So Jones and Guzman Carujo were the players who spoke to the media. So that is maybe an indication that he'd be in line for a start. Jones in for Franco is like easy, like for like that we always talk. About. Yeah, I think I think Jones a little more defensive. I think Franco is a little more offensive than Jones. It's not quite like for like in my book, but okay. I get what you're saying. I do yeah. think he starts. I think Bronico and Jones are more like for like than Franco and Jones. Yeah, okay, that's all. Fair enough. But I see with no that's Franco, I do see Bronico. I think what you'll see is Bronico will play the Franco role. Bronico will be more up. And, I don't like that. Man. Well, he, I, I wouldn't be. That's not how yeah. I would do it. Well, we'll see. But yeah, I think Jones. He described himself as a peer number six. So we'll see. Alcivar is going to play. Right, and then you assume Alcivar is the third midfielder. Yeah, Alcivar is going to be in that creative midfield role. Okay. And he's going to be protected by Jones and Bronny Brown. Right. And then the boys are going to be at the wings. Maybe Bender plays on the wing. Maybe Bender starts as a winger and moves more central, just as more free to roam. A, a right wing back in name, but really more of a roamer. I'm not 100% sure that's his best spot. But cool. And Swiderski? Swiderski's out. I, I, don't think, I think they'll be very careful with Swiderski. He was supposed to go on international duty with Poland, and he begged off of that because of this injury situation. So it'd be kind of weird. If he then ended up playing in a league match, that's fair enough. We'll see. I, no, I, I agree with that. I do agree. When when I heard that he didn't travel to Poland, I thought it was just because like he wanted to play. Right. With and, and they're not playing a match. Their match got awarded today because they're going against Russia in right. the World Cup qualifying, it, and Russia got bounced from the competition. If you haven't heard, Russia's got some bigger concerns than soccer going on right now. Yes, um, but Ukraine is still, by the way, in the playoffs. And their match has been postponed for a couple weeks. Uh, that's something to follow. It's an interesting story. Ukraine, not weak. We yeah. stand with them. We do stand with Ukraine, which, by the way, CLT for Ukraine at the Visual Light tonight. Right. Really? Yeah, right next door. I, that, I did know, not know that. Huge, Maybe spots huge, are, yeah. huge turnout tonight, um, which good, is really cool to see. Good for the people of Charlotte. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I say I say TT doesn't start. He seemed, I liked him off the bench. I know he's got the new... Bleach blonde hair that he wants to show off, but yeah, yeah. he's—I he, liked him coming off the bench. I'd be fine with Rios as playing the back five with Rios as a sole striker in the Swiderski role, and make sure you have Alcivar, Bender, Bronico, and Jones in at midfielders. Cool. I'm not going to argue with any of that. I think it makes sense. Like I, I don't need to pick and choose. We basically have 
13 guys to choose from. Right. There's going to be two guys that get left out. If we end up in a back four with Fuchs left back again, I don't hate it, but I just I think we might change it up again. Cool. To Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. Uh, Saturday, pre-match activities. Uh, we, we pulled off the brace like Swiderski did. The hooligans brace. For, for all our, our uh, shade that was into... Uh, Hinted at with hooligans earlier. In I don't the think show. it was hinted. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty explicit. But we loved the hooligans brace on a Saturday. At least they're open for us on Saturday, so that's good. Yes. So maybe we do it again. Go. It's it, it's a tradition. You, your first win happens. What do you do next time? You repeat the process. I love that. You know. I so love get, that. get get to yeah. the, get to hooligans. Ride we're, the gold line in. We're not changing a thing. Yes. Damn it. <laughs> you yeah. know what? And that's right. Just uh, I, do the same thing, and then and then we'll be at Romeo Beard Park. Right. That's, that's the final step. Always. And, uh, you know, come say hi. Come. Just, uh, if you don't know what we look like, just scream, John Hayes, Danny Rams, <laughs> John Hayes, Danny Rams. We'll find you. Um, we're, we're always in Romeo Bearden Park before the game, because that's where we do our pregame festivities. And then we walk right into the match. It's, it's a great way to get into the venue. Which, by the way, can we not get the supporters more than an hour ahead of time in there? That's just, right. I'm going to get on my soapbox real quick. Do is it. That the club's agreement with the supporters' march is that they have to, like, march in and get in their seats an hour before the match starts. And it's just like – and it's sometimes even more than an hour. It's just really yeah. early. The like, march is supposed to start 90 minutes before – 3.30. 90 minutes before the TV time, which the actual kickoff time is always well past the TV time. Exactly. So it's tough to get down to that tailgate. Yeah. When they're leaving – an hour and a half before the match starts. Right, right. And I will say, like, I eventually I'm going to have to do it because I've been sitting in the supporter section and I love where I'm at, but I'm not getting really close. By the time I get into the arena, I get I walk through that gate and the ushers are like, no, sorry, it's too full you, down you there. Go you go, I got to go up a couple rows, which, you know, <laughs> it gives me a good view. Which and, we got a good photo of you guys. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. At, at there's, the still, last match. The, there's still plenty of, uh, of fun uh, excitement. We were going nuts up there, even, even you know. Did you get showered 30 with rows deep. I, I showered some people with beer for oh. sure, most definitely. I, I, I felt a few drops on me, but I was much more of a perpetrator than a victim in, the, in that uh, beer shower situation because – the first goal, I had two beers with me. I was lucky enough to have two full cups of beer with me. And I was I was nursing them. I was drinking slow because I was pretty lit up already. So I had pre- two full beers. So Carroll scores his first goal. I go nuts. Everyone's freaking out. It's right at the start of the game. I threw my first beer way up in the oh. air. And it, uh, it just fell. Was, was that the copper yeah. that I got you? <laughs> yes, yes, it was. It definitely was. And, and, you know, I, I had a few sips, but most of it ended up on my fellow supporters. Oh, and then se- second goal, I, I didn't do it. I didn't throw a beer on the second goal. But then the third goal, it was Bender. I was just so excited. We were, it gave us the two-goal cushion, and people started going nuts. I threw another entirely full beer that I had just barely <laughs> sipped. Just, I, just, I grabbed it and threw that thing like a fucking shot put. And it was, uh, you know, it's like a high arc across the sky. I see drops floating down. I didn't end up getting a good view of the person that probably got directly pegged with this cup of beer, and I do apologize to you if you're out there, but it was fine. It, you know, it, it was a celebratory moment. I don't think anybody minded. Hey, I've got no problem with chucking a full beer, but at some point in the match, like, if, we're, if we score five on Saturday, are you chucking a fifth one? Like, at some point you have to be like, it's too many beers to throw. Right. 
<laughs> it gets expensive. It, at these at these prices, Mr. Tepper, I cannot be throwing <laughs> beers every fucking goal yeah. that we That's score. That's a $9 so, toss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a $9 shower. But I was overcome with just sheer emotion and, and uh, exuberance. What do you think would happen if I threw my beer and showered people people in 342? Three, 342 would not be able to hang. I don't know. I We'd have to ask Rachel about that. She, she would probably she have would, some oh, choice words. I think yeah. she may kick me out of the match. <laughs> she wouldn't like it. <laughs> like... That's totally what would happen. But hey, different, different scenes. We're both watching right. the same match. The supporter section is crazy, though. <laughs> don't don't show up if you're not if you don't expect to uh, get a beer shower on a goal. That's all I can say. We'll leave it at that. It's it's this Charlotte soccer show. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the match. Uh, we'll be back with you on Sunday morning. You'll get a fresh episode from us after the match on on Saturday night. It's going to be exciting. Hopefully, we can talk about a win. Before the New England win, I had said, like, I verbally said out loud, if we lose, if we don't beat FC Cincinnati, we're officially a bad team. Now, that changes because we've beaten New England, but we still need to beat FC Cincinnati because I don't want to be just a middle-of-the-road team. I want to be a good team. So the pr- prediction is officially... Official prediction, uh, I'm, beca- I'm going to go 2-0. 2-0, we win. Easy peasy. We're missing Carroll. Carroll not only is a goal scorer, but he's a goal creator. If you saw the long pass to Alcivar that set up Bender. Yeah. We're gonna if he doesn't play, we're gonna miss him. I still think we can scratch two goals out on a bad, bad Cincinnati team and hold them to a clean sheet. Two nil Charlotte. I'm scared to say that one one feels like a possibility. Um, so I'll go two one Charlotte, just to be on the optimistic side. Two uh, one it's not gonna get the three. I don't think we score three goals unless Swiderski's in the lineup. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brands, we'll talk to you soon. For the crown, baby.